Hello everyone! Oh my goodness, it's the last episode of 2019! Holy cow! What a year! What a podcast so far! So we're at like a year and a half now of the podcast. Um, I'm just so proud of it. It's been amazing and it's so, like I'm just loving the body of kind of insight that it is like such great stories I'm really proud of it and it's funny how even some of the earlier episodes those people's lives have completely changed or they've changed jobs or they've even achieved so much more in the last year and you know it's just incredible and I'm really delighted with that I'm so proud of it it's just it's a real passion project and I haven't been I didn't want it to become too stressful or too about numbers or goals or hitting targets or I just really wanted to enjoy it and have fun with it and share great stories that you may not hear on those ones who are trying to get the eyeballs and trying to get like you know the big shares so I recently looked up the stats um, Shane Finn, who I'm hoping to get on soon, um, was talking about like ranking number one. I was like, never looked up the rankings. And I looked up the rankings recently. And we're 17th in Ireland in entrepreneurship without doing really, you know, I put it out on Instagram, share a little bit, but it really, I'm not pushing it and really going for it. And I said, you know what, let's see what we can do in 2020. Like it's, an, they're amazing stories. Everyone should be listening to them. And maybe if I just, I don't want, it's still a passion project. I don't want it to be this kind of, I don't know, you know, too forced. I just want it to be chill and relaxed and enjoyable. But let's just see what we can do. So watch out 2020. Let's ramp this up a little bit. Um, I also want to say a big massive thank you to everyone who's been on and, and chatted and shared their story. Means the world. Um, but also thank you so much to everyone who's listened and who's shared and kind of just enjoyed it and fed back and, you know, rated and reviewed and shared and subscribed and all that crack. I've just, it's been amazing. And thank you so much. Thank you for listening. It means the world because you could be listening to something else for 40 minutes to an hour. Um, so today's episode, the final episode of 2019 is with Fleur Emery, um, who is a serial entrepreneur. She's had two businesses before. She's now a startup expert. She does lots of different things. She's a podcast host, a columnist. She does lots of cool things. And I met her at The Wing. She hosts some of the events at The Wing. And she was talking about her own story of where this summer she recently um, went to launch a third business. And just before launch, something in her gut just said, you know what, your heart's not in this. It's just not things had changed the market had changed and she realized maybe it was she didn't want to do it and her heart wasn't in it so she pulled the plug and I was just like sitting there going wow like not wow as in she <laughs> listened you'll hear but I just feel like I feel that's an honorable I just think it's a very brave thing to do when there's so much pressure on you as an entrepreneur or you know in startup mode to be a success and you know and sometimes the bravest thing to do is just say you know, or even to just go how you, you know, if you watch my TEDx, you know that I'm all about the meaning of life is to be happy. And as long as you're happy, you do what you enjoy. And she really chose happiness and she chose to just take a step back and to reassess. And it's a fantastic episode. It's a great chat. She's very cool. She's very, she's a great personality, like very sure of herself, know what she's at. Um, enjoy. And as always, if you have any questions or feedback, shout at me. Happy New Year, wishing you wonderfulness in 2020. If you're in business, if you're not in business, if you're living the dream, keep shooting. You like you can do it. Go for it. 
Happy New Year. Here's Fleur. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode. Very excited to have Fleur Emery here, who is a slashy, a slashy, oh God, is that what I, am? I hate that phrase, um, a serial entrepreneur who yep. I met, well, I, I saw speak, I went to see speak about, um, at Korea, was that? In no, at the wing. At the wing. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Are we, you a member? Yes, I love it. It's very cool. It's really yeah, good. I really enjoy it. I like how collaborative and yes. chatty. People actually and, talk to each other. Yes, I found in other workspaces they don't talk. Well, everyone's kind of on a mission. They've got goals. They're living their dream. They're working really hard. They're building something. So all of their time is pumped into making that happen. But the event programming at the wing is like another level. It's so good. Yeah. So Fleur was speaking about kind of PR. How to get pure hacks, um, and how to raise your profile for the yeah, money, basically yeah. Lucy Werner. Yeah, she's pretty great. She, yeah, she was. Excellent. I'm not keen on PRs in general, but she's a different kind of species yeah. altogether. It's so important though, but it's yeah. But um, and you mentioned that, and I was like hooked. I was like, I have to share the story. You mentioned that you had spent three years working on a startup, and you had your investment, you had your stockists. And you just went, no, nah, I don't want to do this. And I was like, yes. That's the kind of story people Why don't... does that appeal to you so much? Because, because so this podcast is called The Hero Podcast. It's about yeah. like every... Not, it's not about like that person who, oh, wow, the Richard Branson. It's about Isn't people... Isn't a hero someone who's done something epic? Or yeah. brave, though, I suppose. Yes, brave. Yeah. And so it's kind of sharing stories that are insightful and inspiring and I think there's so much the feedback I get is like it's a real story and that is real and I think it's braver to come to a point where you choose your own happiness and your own life instead of like working for something you don't want to do like you only live once you should get up every day and enjoy something you don't want to do is that um no, I just, I can, I, I have in the past, like in my career, you've had those moments. It's so and, painful. And I talk to so many people and I think being an entrepreneur is so cool right now. And there's so many people, it's just so accessible. Lots of people can start businesses. And I think some people like are beating a dead horse or they're just doing it to <laughs> save face, do you know, or to, to look, to not like have lost or Maybe failed. Maybe they don't know the horse is dead. Maybe fair. this is yeah. There is that. I'm, there is I'm that actually situation. that person who tells the horses. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, when people like when people consult me and they say, yeah, I really, I they pay me to give me their opinion, but their opinion isn't always oh, what they yes. want to hear. Sometimes my opinion is, yeah, the horse is dead. So get another horse. I know, but that's yeah, and that's comes from experience though as well it's not like yeah, you're you know years, so yeah so tell me the story of um how you kind of got where you are and what your how your career did you ever have a real job not really <laughs> i did um, spanish literature at university in the early 90s when you got to um, have your fees paid by the government so you can study things like archaeology and um, we're like that in ireland Oh, yes, great. Oh, yeah. Get our fees paid. Yeah. Well, it's still very expensive to go. So, yeah, yeah, I just sort of studied things like Latin American revolutionary Marxism, that yeah. kind of thing, without any thought yeah. to my career. I did try some jobs. I attempted to work in a German investment bank. Didn't really work. I did three years. I couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine you doing No. That. Like wearing a suit. I don't even know how they hired me. <laughs> um. I did three years at the Homeless Charity Centrepoint, which was fantastic, really good. Yeah. Um, 
various other things, but I definitely felt like a square peg in a round hole very much. And I think I share that with lots of entrepreneurs. Mm. I definitely feel like you take out the box. Well, like, well yeah. when I go into an organisation, mm. if they say sit down, this is your corner and this is your piece of work and you're responsible for this corner, yeah. I'll just say, Yeah, that's fine, but what's in their corner? Yeah, I was like that. Yeah, and yeah. I just wanted I wanted to just tackle the whole organization. Yeah. And I said, Well, why are we doing this? What do we in the German investment bank? I mean, I'd be the lowest of the lowest, entry level mm. on like 17 grand, to sort of really the lowest of the low. Mm. And when we'd be in big team meetings with the directors and everyone was sort of acting like the queen had walked in, I used to put my hand up and ask questions and I'd say, what, you know, what does this, what does that actually mean? Mm. How do you feel about that? What does this bank actually do? <laughs> and it was just eventually, I found oh, myself in a how room. How long did you last? <laughs> months not years I, eventually I found myself in a room with three lawyers from the legal department mm. all looking at me and I, I think I was out that day so what was your intention I remember them saying what was you know, what was your intention when you sent that email I was just like well I just really want everyone to, everyone to know how I was feeling <laughs> yeah so no as you can hear yeah didn't really work so how, when did you start your first business? 15 years ago. Yeah. I, I played um, poker for a while to pay the bills and in the early sort of poker boom, which was really fun. Learned a lot more about business on, in the base of poker rooms in, in the Mold Street than I had That's anywhere scary. else. And then my sister and I started making instant porridge and cardboard pots to take out and about. And then we sold some in a friend's deli. Mm-hmm. We made a brand for it. And then I rang up Harvey Nichols and said, do you want to buy our porridge? And they said, yes. And the rest is kind of all on the internet. It was fantastic. Yeah. We had this business called Grasshopper. We were the first people to put porridge mix in a pot, you know, which is now a yeah. whole category in yeah. the supermarket. And it was just a, a whiz. And we sold it to Waitrose and Eurostar and wow. Virgin Trains and great. And that was in the days when there wasn't. That was a, before the internet, right? 2004? Well, the internet kind of existed, but Twitter, you know, there wasn't social people, media. Yeah, yeah, that didn't really. Two point It wasn't really happening, yeah. and there was certainly no kind of support for startup entrepreneurs. There wasn't a an independent brand scene, mm. nothing like that. Yeah. We were absolute trailblazers, and it was great. It was quite an innocent time, really. It was quite. It was great. I mean, the branding we did ourselves, oh, and we still got it yeah. on the shelf. <laughs> I mean, it was brilliant. Had a great Amazing. time, and after that, learnt a lot. Then and did, did you go through the one. whole VC and all of that no, kind of thing? we had, we did have inve- investors, but they were private individuals. They wasn't, they yeah. weren't venture capitalists. We had various sort of expressions of interest from venture capitalists, but mm-hmm. it was a, such a mismatch. Um, so no, we didn't do that. And then the second business I had was a craft beer company called Green and Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean. That was like highly branded and really lovely before craft period because that's such a thing now. Yes, yeah, it was in the sort of early days of craft beer, and what I noticed is that there was a lot of craft beer but no craft lager, and why weren't people Mm. making lager with the same production values? So we made a really high quality lager, branded it beautifully, got it in Wallpaper magazine, and they sold it in the Ritz, and that was great too. And then hard work. That, you're like, oh, I'm in this hard work. Yeah, but 
if you're doing the right thing, it's not yeah. like work, does it? Yeah. I loved it. I was just, you know, I really, really like doing it. I yeah. like all the ups and downs. I like meeting other people doing the same thing. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed my career. I'm lucky. And is your thing that, do you have like a knack and an eye for... So what am I good at? What's coming down? Like that Fine seems behavior, like you're yes. ahead, ahead of the game. Yeah, so people during that time, what kind of my fallback job has become is people hiring me because I've got a nose for trends in mm-hmm. buying, in premium branded FMCG. Okay. So fashion, food, drinks, um, sometimes apps, but not that often. I kind of have a good nose for what people are going to buy, what they'll pay for it, how they want to buy it, how, mm-hmm. how they want it to be branded. From your own experience or from being out and about or online uh, or I reading? Mean, I am out and about and... I really like, um, I really like comparing stuff. Mm. You know, I've got a fabric fetish. I'm a cashmere <laughs> addict, and I, you know, I like. So there's particular designers that I follow, mm. and I like. But I just got a bit of a nose for it. I'd say mm. if you put something in front of me and say, "Look, I'm planning to sell this in this way. I'm going to yeah. charge this much," and I give you an opinion. Usually, historically, I've been right, and so people know that, and then they come and pay me and ask me the same yeah. question. Secret sauce. Yeah. The magic potion. Except it's hard when you have to tell people you like that you don't think it's going to work. Yeah. And so I just caveat it all. I just say, look, this is who I am. This is mm-hmm. what I've done. This is my career is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just my opinion. Yeah. But for fifteen years, I've been talking about this stuff all the time. Mm. And you can decide whether you think I'm right or not. And of course, they're entrepreneurs, so sometimes they, sometimes they believe they're right mm-hmm. because that's their job as an entrepreneur. And I say, I'd love you to prove me wrong. I'd be really happy if you prove me wrong. Yeah. I have to let you know I don't think this is a go. And I have, <laughs> I've made some massive, um, you know, I've really predicted some big successes, like Pippa Nutt. I worked with Pippa yes. Nutt in the early days, and she's been That's absolutely so exciting. Successful. Like yeah, Pippa Nutt, the, um, the knuckles. Yeah. yeah. And, but I have got it wrong. Like, a classic one that I get teased about is in the early days of Grey's. Um, okay. I met the guy. Grey's, which are the snack, yeah. I'm just like yeah. snack box. Yeah. I remember having a lunch with the guy who was starting that at Shoreditch yeah. House because that was a. That was around the same time as Grasshopper started. Okay. And he was saying, yeah, we've got these boxes. We've done a deal with Royal Mail and we're going to deliver them. We're going to put, you know, nut mixes in them. Yeah. And I remember saying, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Really? <laughs> but I think that was Google 15... their turnover. I know. Was massive. that 15 years ago? And they've just done so much more yeah. because they haven't just had a success. They've created a new way of new sort of selling, yeah. you know, letterbox flowers you get now, letterbox yeah. marshmallows, letterbox brownies. Because they put nuts through the letterbox, and I was just like, "Yeah, nuts through the letterbox." I just don't think, yeah. don't think that's gonna fly. So I get well, 15, it wrong. Fifteen years ago, yeah. I can fifteen years ago think. You know, I think they've probably done really well in the last five years. You know? Also, then when Grasshopper went under, yeah. um, I went approached them to see if they <laughs> wanted to hire me, <laughs> and they were like, "Hi, Flo, it's really nice to see you. I think I'll pass." Oh, and bad. it's just like, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. I was a so when So you had two businesses and were you doing... So you're now a startup expert and... Yeah, I mean, I, I co- all the, way along, of, all the yeah. way along, I've kind of become a coach to other people mm-hmm. and that was by accident. Just because I 
you know, I had some success, like I got a product mm. in Waitrose, so people started approaching me and saying, how do I get my product in yeah. Waitrose? So that's, I always have two or three startup clients on the go at any one time. Mm. I don't market myself as a startup coach and mentor. Mm. I'm quite sort of anti the whole industry of coaching. I'm a bit suspicious yeah. of it all. There's but, a lot of it, and it's who's the good one, I think, yeah. if you're not I being mean, referred. Yeah, so the yeah. tip is, have they done what you're trying to do? Yeah. Yes or no, that's... That's my yeah. view. Yeah. You know, unless they haven't done what you're trying to do, then of no real use to you. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Other opinions are available. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I've done that, and then you know I write. I'm a pretty decent writer, and I really yeah. enjoy it. I've got strong views, as you can hear. <laughs> and um, Courier Magazine. I started off as their fan. Their mm-hmm. really their sort of avid fan fan girl and um, share, yeah. share like yeah. comment all that crap yeah. no it was before that oh really yeah 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 i've never really been that person no it was like turning up to their events oh. and and writing in like proper letters yeah and eventually um i persuaded them to let me write a column and they're really pleased with it and it's kind mm-hmm. of gone on ever since cool. so i just started another quite a big piece of work with them Amazing. So it's good stuff. Yeah, I love Korea. I yeah. just think they're slick as anything. Such yeah, high cool. quality writing. Really good. And it's it sorry to explain what Korea is for Yeah, so Korea is a magazine, it's available in four different countries. They do a weekly city based mm-hmm. paper and they do a bi monthly magazine. And if you're interested in modern working, startup business, working for yourself, mm. they cover all aspects of that. It's really engaging and they just mm. are like a, a, what are those pigs that find truffles? They, they're the <laughs> pigs that find the truffles. So if there's some crazy person making, I don't know, CBD infused dog, you know, accessories, <laughs> they will find them and analyze yeah. them and interview them. Oh, cool. It's really good. So then how, tell me the story of Wheatstone. Wheatstone. Whetstone. Whetstone. So... I was about ready to do another startup. Mm-hmm. Notice a gap in the market three years ago, which was that um, Charlie Bingham was a brand making posh ready meals, mm-hmm. selling enormous quantities. I had it from an industry insider, you know, the kind of volumes yeah. the guy was selling. And I started looking at why there wasn't any competition. And at that time, again, through conversations that I'd had, I had it on pretty good authority that supermarkets were looking for um, branded premium ready meals. Mm-hmm. So stew, basically, different types of like uh, meat-based three, ready four meals. Four years ago, three years ago. Three, yeah. So, yeah, I can, so I set yeah. about answering the question, how do you make an ethical ready meal? Mm-hmm. And um, my previous two businesses had gone from concept to on the shelf in 18 months. So I'm known for like a fast yeah. turnaround. Mm-hmm. This was not to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so much more complicated than I thought. Really, really hard, you know. Yeah. Finding, in my view from what I've seen is that there's no good meat in the broader food chain in this country. Yeah. So any meat that fit fitted my um, requirements in terms of the animals being born outside, stayed with its mum a nice mm-hmm. amount of time, being free to express its natural instincts like root and roam. Yeah. Those animals that aren't like given um, um, preemptive antibiotics, those animals 
they exist. Yeah. But it's so expensive that those brands sell direct to you. Okay. Like Riverford, like Dalesford, like Eversfield. Those, those, that meat is good enough, mm-hmm. but it never ends up in your meat pie. Okay. Because it's too expensive. Or sandwiches or it never ends any up. of that. Don't eat meat in a sandwich that you bought from the shop. Never oh, really? do that. Do not do Even that. like press? No. No. Oh my goodness. Just have the veggie options and then buy your meat direct from a farm where you know the standards are good enough. Preferably one that's preferably one that's near you or in the UK. Okay. And just Oh, it sounds meat. like there's a lot you're not saying. There's a lot. So you went to factories and yes. you saw what went Filth. on. Oh god. Just doors that close as you walk past. Yeah, like some kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. And, yeah, so, and it wasn't just that. You know, there was mm. other, I mean, there's risk in a business that you notice as you mm-hmm. develop the project that you try and mitigate or you notice and you just say, okay, when we've got more money, we'll mm-hmm. sort that out. But in this project, those things kept accumulating. And by the time we got it over the line and ready to sell in, the most the most significant factor was that there had been a sea change in public consciousness mm-hmm. around not just meat consumption mm-hmm. but also plastic production mm-hmm. so at the moment if you make a ready meal or if you make soup or if you make any prepared food like that you you put it microbiologically in order to get a reasonable shelf life you put it hot into the container and it's cooled in the container okay okay and that means that the container has to be made of plastic there's no Mm -hmm. biodegradable alternative that can withstand that Mm -hmm. and so if you make ready meals they go in plastic and that meant that if we'd have pressed the button on this and we'd Mm -hmm. hit all our production targets i would have been personally responsible for purchasing six million new pieces of plastic that would then be in the world for 500 years oh my gosh and when you put it like that right yeah it doesn't sound so brave does it it sounds kind of obvious but three years ago we didn't think that and we were able to just think well the packaging i have for my shine armor i was recently talking about this i bought it in bulk um like two years ago it was like an end of line and they were like Mm -hmm. do you want it you know you're the biggest customer for it and i took it and it's not recyclable but I'm like, I can't dump it and be like, oh, look, I have cardboard, whatever, because zero use is worse than one use. Yeah. And it still, yeah. it exists, so use it, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and the whole conversation around that is just radically mm. different from three years and ago. And it has changed so quickly. So quickly. so quickly. That's what's great. Yeah. And that's the difficult thing about the this whole situation is because yeah, even all... though that was really hard, mm-hmm. and I, I did feel like in some sense I failed or mm-hmm. I'd let down my backers. You know, that is, it's not comfortable conversation. Yeah. People have lost money. But they all agreed with me. So hold on. So, so in your head you're going, okay, it's not possible to make this. Yeah, I mean, lots of different things Plus converged. the plastic element and yes. different, just factors kept. And, and yes. you as a trend, seeing trends and seeing yeah. consumer behaviour went, and this is I just felt like and it's just, just, the change is happening too yeah. fast. And 
the supermarkets were interested, really interested. Yeah. So that and I I know that I could have got them over the mm-hmm. line, but in order to do that, I would have then had to do another fundraising round really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I would have got, had to go out to people I know mm-hmm. and ask them to give me my money, their money in a recession, mm-hmm. you know, in a in Brexit yeah. when people are shy about investing anyway. Mm-hmm. And I would have had to just put on the roadshow and like, this is yeah. happening, this is going to work, this and is so great. And you could see this in is... a year's time And I just wasn't didn't feel happen. like, yeah. I just wasn't happy to sell the dream anymore. I just didn't believe in it. And how did that feel? Like, after having two I was, successful oh, businesses and being... It was, a, the, it felt really bad. But then when I spent time to think about why it was bad, a lot of it was ego. Yeah. Because I've had um, mentees who mm-hmm. have done much more, they've had much more substantial success than me in their careers, mm-hmm. big commercial success, I had something to prove. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think, was ego driving the bus. Mm. And when I kind of accepted that, it was easier. I feel like it's a very powerful, like, that's why. I feel like it's so powerful it that you so like the a power of going. No, this is what's happening, and to, yeah, of that to not be afraid and to not be. Try and kind of put up a smoke and mirrors, and you know, keep going. You can and never do that, though, can you? It's like you've got to accept in a relationship yeah. when you know that they're a really nice man, but they're just not the right person for yeah. you. You can ignore it, but then you just get a lifetime of resenting your husband. Yeah. You have to just say you know, it'll be okay, let's break up. Yeah. Having said that, yeah. I do think it's important to call out my level of privilege in this mm-hmm. situation. So, yes, I did bin that project mm-hmm. off, but we're now sat in a house that my dad owns, Okay. So, which I can stay in for my whole life if I need to. Mm-hmm. And it's important, like, I think, in the modern conversation mm-hmm. to recognize that. So I was able to give that up without really knowing what my career was gonna be as a single parent, mm-hmm. solely responsible for my child mm-hmm. because I'm never gonna be homeless. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's, there's a people safety in the city, within, there's, yeah, there's yeah. people in the city mm. who through no fault of their own, they're single parents and they don't have you know, the same level of privilege mm. and the, I've got a great education and you know, mm. I've got a lot of people yeah. in my community who, you know, I've got a lot of doors that I could knock on mm-hmm. and say, I'm in trouble, I've messed up, can I stay with you while I get myself together? Yeah. Who would feed me and give me train fares yeah. and sort me? And there's a lot of women living in this city who are using food banks or in women's, women's refuges, like fleeing violent partners. That's yeah. a reality. Yeah. And it's only like a flip of a coin, a roll of a dice yeah. that I'm not them. Mm-hmm. So that's why at the top of this interview, like I'm shy about mm. this idea of like saying that it's heroic. Yeah. Because in the scheme of things, you know, that's not heroic to like, mm. to not carry on with a project you don't believe is going to work, mm-hmm. knowing that you have lots of skills and lots of big network yeah. and lots of things available. It's not that heroic mm-hmm. in that context, right? That's very true. Yeah. So this this is gonna be the unhero podcast. But I think you own that, you know, like a, like, you own that, and you can acknowledge that, whereas others may not, 
you know, when they go oh but or you know, they'll make excuses and still compare themselves to other people and I won't let you not be a hero. It's the hero podcast. <laughs> you know, and even share but I think it does to share that story and to it was a real shame. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be covered in glory and get a huge exit and a massive yeah. amount of money and just turn around and say, look, everyone, I told you I was brilliant. <laughs> but, but I think, that, you know, yeah. you, sometimes in life, you just have to accept that. I just had to accept that that's not my story. Yeah. And, you know, that I feel like I have an enormous but it's potential. Part, but, but the decision and the, and the ownership of the decision and that is part of your story. Yeah. Which is inspired me and made yeah, me want to come and talk to, talk to you of, yeah it's good to talk to people yeah. about that stuff but yeah it's not what I wanted for myself yeah. I mean I wanted to be just given awards and be on stage and invited on Women's Hour regularly you know and without me yeah. having to pitch to yeah. have been on Women's Hour regularly. but you know I wanted to be that person mm-hmm. I, want, I, think and you, that's, I think you are thank you yeah. Maybe there's still time there is absolutely and the opportunities that come from that, and with that experience, you know, to go on and that will open so many doors. Well, maybe not. I think so. <laughs> we'll see. But it's still very new. Like, it was only yeah, in, no, it's it was only, only in August. Yeah. And then what happened is I had to sort of like think, okay, well, what's my career? Mm-hmm. You know what? What? And I didn't really have an answer because I didn't have a website. I'd never marketed myself. Mm-hmm. Everything up until that point had really been good. That's homemade. Really, really Squarespace. Like it. Yeah, Squarespace. I really like it. Yeah, I made that in like two days. I was yeah. like, right, or how am I? G- I, you know, we talked about Lucy Werner's book mm-hmm. at the top of this. Yeah, she was the one who, who um, dug me out on it. I said, look, I need some help. I want to raise my profile. Yeah. I've never done it before, and she said, you know well, you don't even have a website, you don't call yourself an expert, yeah. you don't like market yourself and you expect people to come and find you and hire you, mm-hmm. grow up. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, yeah, but I don't like social media. She's like, well, get over it. Yeah. Get over yourself. It's, you have to kind of... Yeah. So I started from scratch on Instagram, started making videos and showing people what I know about, yeah. what I talk about and having conversations. And it's kind of worked, the whole... You're very much championing yourself, like championing yourself. Is it correct? Which is what they say. No, I like it. I, it's not as in I can see because I like done my research and I see and now it's like, okay, you've decided, well. I made a decision. I, yeah. In there. And instead of, and you see it, you see these people who are like 22 and they've got a business degree and they're a business coach and they've never actually run a business. Yeah. I don't like them. And I think, I think that that's. You know, you should They're going nowhere pretty fast, I would think. Well, yeah. I don't know. Some of them <laughs> seem to be charging a lot of money. Yeah, but come on. I don't know. It's not like, my area. They can do what but, they want. But that's but what I mean, that area. you've got the experience. And, you know, those who can do, those who the can't. Way, the, oh, like, that's harsh. No, but as in, you, you can, and you do, and you have done, and therefore... It's a different offer. It's a different thing that I'm offering, I'd say. It's experience. Lucy helped me understand yeah. it in one way. When I said I cringe about sort of mm-hmm. self-promotion on Instagram, she said, well, instead of thinking, instead of presenting it like, look, I'm speaking at this place, I'm so great, mm-hmm. think of it as like, okay, what came out of that that people who couldn't be there can have for free? Yeah. So if I'm speaking at events, so for example, I did a Found and Flourish event yesterday, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really interesting women talked about... Um, working out if your business is viable and 
it was 35 quid to go. So people, for whatever reason, yeah. Yeah, but if you're not in London, they couldn't go, whatever. Yeah. There's all those people on Instagram. Yeah. So now, when you go home and I write it up, mm-hmm. I'll think, right, what came out of that that was interesting that I can put on Instagram so if people couldn't be there, they can have something, yeah. part of it for nothing. And so if I can frame my social media in that way, yeah. Instagram, I'm on only, yeah. and actually LinkedIn, if I can frame it in that way, like I'm giving them something, then I don't mind promoting myself that way. Yeah. That feels okay. Yeah. Because they're getting something. Yeah. You're sharing. It's not just me like going, yeah. hey. Yeah. But ch- I mean, <laughs> championing yourself as in like you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to help people. I'm going to share my insights. I'm going to share my experience. Yeah. And I will share it. And from that, you will get clients. And yes. It's, and because that's you know, your bread and butter and that's what you choose to do now. Yeah. And all the different routes and opportunities and you get I really to do like fun speaking things. at events. Yeah. And I really like podcasts and broadcasting. Mm. What podcast do you listen to? Oh, I love a good podcast. Yeah. Have, it's not it's off topic business wise, but have you listened to one called Caliphate? No. From the New York Times. Listen to no, that. If you want to understand Caliphate. Caliphate, if you want to understand the difference between ISIS world. and Al Qaeda and Ooh. how people get radicalized and first hand experience of people who have been radicalized in Canada and gone to Syria and fight and then come home, it's amazing. Wow. It's a woman journalist who did it. And she just goes into ISIS safe houses after they've been bombed and just picks up paper and whatever she can find in a bin bag yeah. and then sorts through it all and works out who are these people and why yeah. are they here. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, quite serious though. Yeah. <laughs> On a, <laughs> I love This American Life, like everyone. Yes. I just think that's fantastic. I like... Um, let me just look on my phone. I love, a, I love an Murder mystery. Do you? Oh yeah. And then I wonder why I get have really restful night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> listen to six hours of some murder or other. Do you listen to Second Life? The no, is I it really good? like that. Yeah, um, I listen to um, the You're Dead to Me from Radio Four. Oh, that's really good. It's like um horrible histories. It oh. tackles things like Stonehenge and it has experts and comedians talking about like what Stonehenge was. Oh, cool. So it fills in gaps in your history. That's a really good one. Obviously, the Courier Workshop one, because I'm a co-host yeah, on it. Yeah, so I like that. that. That's it's really fantastic. good, yeah. Um, Griefcast. Do you know that one? Oh, my goodness, no. Griefcast. Cariad Lloyd is a journalist whose dad died when she was 16, and the, her grief process was quite long and convoluted. Mm-hmm. And she interviews comedians about grief. So each week it's a different thing. Yeah. It might be someone's dog or someone's granny and it, yeah. and they talk in a really funny and moving way about death it's really good wow. it's really really good oh my god two dope queens no Do you know i that? don't know any of these oh my god two dope queens are these two american comedians who are just fierce it's quite like swearing outrageous oh yeah but hilarious and um women tech charge i'd really recommend that women tech charge amri emma Fidon, who is um the founder of an organisation called STEMETS, which encourages oh, young STEM, women to learn yeah. STEM subjects. Yeah. She was the youngest person ever to get a maths master's from Oxford. Wow. Also black British female. Love. Yeah. She's an absolutely amazing wow. woman. I'm interviewing her at the salon next month at, the, at the wing. Oh, cool. Really excited about that. In January? I'll be, yeah, I'll be quite tongue-tied. Yeah, 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 yeah she's going to be on stage, yeah. 
And this Monday, I'm doing... Um, I um, loved that one. Yeah, Anna, Anna, Anna Mother Pucker. Podcast, isn't it? No. No. You've done that one, you missed oh, I, I missed it. I was in Ireland last week. It's um, Anna Whitehouse. Yes. Who is... She has an Instagram thing called Mother Pucker and a really funny yeah, podcast. Yeah. But also, she has become the champion of flexible working. Yes. And she has been lobbying Parliament to get them to extend flexible working to all people to just make people mm-hmm. happier. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. It's a one of them go there, but, but it's such a no-brainer. She's the one really affecting change in that yeah. area. It's so funny. Like, like in Ireland, Monday. it's like a headcount thing. You pay tax per headcount, so they don't let people like job share or... It's just insane. It's ridiculous. There's so many people like who don't work because they can't work because of childcare, etc. It's just... Um, so let me ask some questions. Biggest lesson, fire. biggest lesson you've learned. Oh my god! And what, like, what's your? I should have read these in advance. Yeah, I, I should. Sent them, yeah. I just deleted them. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Terrible like that. Like the honesty. I just think, just I do sometimes do a block yeah. delete. No, I'm, I'm like that. Like, I don't do a lot of prep, important. and then I just kind of like to see how it rolls. But greatest lesson you've ever. Like learned. if you're like one thing, you teach your daughter, like the one thing. In life, you're like, bang. Have a th- ha- ask me the next okay. one. Okay, the next one is like tips for startups. So like, if you meet with a startup, what is like the top three things you're like? Okay, if you, what, so they have a startup idea that they've yeah, they're like, here's my idea. idea, I've been working on it, I'm so passionate about it, this is my dream, this is what I want to do. Yeah, fine, try it out with little commitment. So if it's a food product, get a market yeah. store, sell it in a market. Mm-hmm. Um, ask people who don't know you, mm-hmm. because your friends are just going to say, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So make a little focus group, rent a room in a pub, get people who are friends of friends who might buy it, yeah. and say, what do you think of this? How much would you pay? How yeah. often would you buy it? Sort do of research. those kind of things. Yeah, so do that research. And um, yeah, don't get carried away watching The Dragon's Den, because it's nonsense. Reality TV. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. real though. Yeah. It's nonsense. It is. The biggest piece of advice I would say is the biggest growth that I had mm-hmm. was learning that people are not either good or bad and just accepting people the way they are. Yeah. Sometimes people are our heroes yeah. and sometimes they let us down. And if we bind off every single person who sometimes let us down, we'd yeah. be alone. And I sometimes show up for people, and sometimes I let them down. Yeah. And I try my best, and we're all just trying our best. And sometimes our best isn't very good. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm really talking about is expectation. Is and managing our expectation in yeah. other people. Because often, like, if we have a friend crying on the phone, I say, oh, this is so bad. It's just like, why did you expect them to do that? Mm. You know, that was about your yeah. expectation. Yeah. And it's hard because that's tied in with hopefulness mm. about people but accepting that sometimes people can be there for us and sometimes not. And it's not always the people we expect. It can, mm. you know, it can be, it can be, I mean, I remember in the early days with my daughter, when she was like cluster feeding and I was really tired standing in the queue at the post office and I was really sleep deprived and Cordelia was really crying and she was in a buggy and I was queuing up and a woman behind, you know, sitting down and settling, crouching down and settling her. Mm. I just didn't have it in me, you know, I was really worn out. Yeah. And like on that day, she was my hero. Mm. So I feel like 
you know, yeah. I, I love people, mm-hmm. but you just take the love where you find it and try not to expect too much of people because it's really good. Like we're all, yeah. we're neither good. And even if in the news, the way the news is reported, mm. you know, this person we thought he was a great person, but look, he's done something yeah. bad. It's like we've all we all do bad things yeah. sometimes, and that give yourself and everyone else a break. Yeah, just yeah. To, to manage our expectations of yeah. others. Love this. Um, what's a day in the life? Is there a day in the life? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah, my days are pretty routine. Yeah. Um, wake up about six, get up, um, have breakfast with my kids. I co-sleep with my kids. She's incredible and adorable. So the early morning is just fantastic level conversation. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of, you know, she's a... a absurdist and existential mastermind like all children of that age being four (laughs) years old they're all yeah she's just so tangential in her thinking that just have crazy in bed cuddles and chats in the morning (laughs) and um, take her to school and hit my desk and Mm. I just have um, one or two client meetings online a day um, work on my own stuff Mm -hmm maybe get a yoga class in or trot along the seafront if I'm lucky yeah. and um, that's it get my head down early go to sleep early yeah. it's not that Lovely. exciting and then yeah. once or twice a month burn mm-hmm. up to London have an overnight at fancy Wild, hotel nice, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah eat some Japanese food see my friends and um, massage the ego go and visit the clothes and the cashmere and liberties <laughs> and then come back to yeah. business as usual Yay. and do you see work are you like on your own a lot working? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Do you mind that? I really like it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, people kind of think yeah. I'm a really sociable person. I love people. Yeah, you don't seem but, like a. No, but I'm very happy in my own company. Yeah. Like I've never lived with okay. a man. I'm happy yeah. doing my own thing. So the biggest, biggest lesson you've learned? The people thing? Yeah, the acceptance yeah. thing. Accepting people as That's they really are. That's Never had that one. Never ever. What do you get? Usually, Not like, go kind, with your gosh, or... People say, be kind, be kind, so whatever. You be kind. <laughs> well, it's like com- saying that, but it's kind to, you know, but that's... <laughs> and the kindness is an element of what you're saying, though, about <laughs> people give people breaks. Exception. Yeah. But yeah. it's just such a cliche. Oh, the kind, it? kind, yeah. Yeah, be kind. It's just like, you just get it on a mug. It's the new... They, it's and they the stab new. you in the back, the people with the be kind mugs. Yeah. They're not my people. That's been amazing. Any <laughs> other words of wisdom no. to share? Thank you I, so would ta- much. I would say I would say take advantage of the kind of on- online communities with other startup entrepreneurs. Like yeah. typically, when I go to events, people starting a business, they mm-hmm. want to talk to the people who've had big successes, Dolson Cola, yeah. Ugly Drinks. You know, they want to speak to those people. Mm-hmm. And even though these people have a lot to teach us, typically you can download. TED Talks where they talk yeah. about them or YouTube things from big conferences and get the same story. Mm. Sometimes it's better to talk to other entrepreneurs who are just 18 months ahead of you mm. because their information is current and it's actually really useful. That's a really good, good tip. That's really Thank you. You can thank rely you. on me for good tips. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dra. I'll put all Pleasure. your... Um, all your information in the show notes. Yeah, get everyone and people listening can to share us and yeah. becoming an expert on yeah. ISIS. <laughs> Great. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. How great was that? Isn't she fantastic? Such great little nuggets in there. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening right to the end. As always, I would massively appreciate it if you would rate and review the episode or the podcast. You can do it in Apple Podcasts. Um, and also share, subscribe. If you subscribe, you get notification when there's a new episode. And share it with someone who might get something out of it. I think it's, it's a great episode. All the best for the happy new year. Thank you so much. We shall see you next year for tons of awesomeness. Have a good one. Thank you.